Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Marissa Sophia, who describes her birth experience as spiritual, powerful, exhausting, calm, and tricky. Wanting to share her experience and encourage Black women to seek alternatives instead of going with what they see and are told to do. Hello, Marissa. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes. So can you first start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes. So I'm from the DMV area. I've actually been here all my life. I met my now husband in college. So we're college sweethearts. We have one daughter and we're residing in Maryland. Um, we are Christian millennial husband and wife. And um, we're just, we're just, you know, very, very dedicated and committed to helping other um, couples thrive and strengthen their marriages. So recently I actually uh, left my nine to five to pursue full-time entrepreneurship in my ministry and to be a stay-at-home mom. Well, congrats to that. <laughs> Step it out. <laughs> Cheers I to you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? Yeah, so my pregnancy, you know, it's so funny because when others looked at me and when others were going through this journey with me, they were like, oh my goodness, you're just so graceful the way that you're caring, you know, you're not gaining a whole lot, like you just are just flowing and glowing. And it's interesting because I, I mean, at times I felt like that, but there was other times where I was like, wow, like I, I feel. <laughs> heavy. I feel exhausted. Um, and that wasn't later until, you know, in the pregnancy, but I would say overall, I was very, very blessed to not have any complications. It was a very healthy, um, uncomplicated pregnancy. Um, I ended up switching from an OBGYN to a midwife four weeks before I gave birth. And, you know, they have a you know, some type of process where they overlook, you know, your, your um, paperwork just to make sure that you kind of qualify, I guess you could say for um, their care and just to make sure that you're on a good track. So uh, it was good to know that everything looked good and that I was going to have a normal, I guess you call it normal pregnancy. And that's what I had. What led to your decision to actually switch to the midwife? So I actually ended up hiring a doula, um, I want to say around my eighth month, and she was referred to me by one of my neighbor friends um, who she just came raving with like, oh my goodness, you, you would really love her. You would really love her. And so once I started talking to the doula, Shannon, by the way, shout out to Shannon. Um, she's the one who actually really educated me on things that I should be thinking about, things I should be asking questions to my OBGYN. And so because I was a part of an OBGYN practice where I saw multiple doctors, um, I made sure that I asked questions to all of them. And so I remember one particular time where she, she told me to ask about their, um, the rates for, um, what do you call it? Oh my goodness. For actually giving, getting a C-section. 
And so I said, okay, you know, I didn't, I didn't think much of that, but I went ahead and asked and um, the, the actual answer, the reply was actually really alarming. And then also just the rate for um, being cut, you know, not the, of course, when you give birth, you want to be, you want to have a natural tearing, but they actually don't, that practice didn't um, have that type of standard where they wanted that natural tearing. They wanted to actually cut you um, in a more linear way. That's the way they explained it. And it actually scared me when he was talking about it. And so I want to say my decision was based off of fear in a sense, or, or I would say, and, or just knowing that if I went with a midwifery, I would not have to have that one way or one size fits all type of approach. Um, I didn't really know about the midwifery practices and, and care, but having a doula again just enlightened me in so many different areas. And then that triggered me to say, okay, well, let me do some research. And then I actually made an appointment. Was it challenging to switch that late into it? As you said, you started with her at eight months, right? Yes. So I I started with the midwives um, at eight months. It wasn't challenging at all. And I mean, they they did point out that, wow, you must be very motivated because it's really late in your pregnancy. And I said, (laughs) I said, yes, you know, this is what happened. And they were like, oh, my goodness. Wow. I'm so sorry that, you know, you kind of experienced that. And I'm glad that you're here. Like they were very welcoming and warm. and, And that's what really made me feel more comfortable and confident that I had made the right decision. So I wouldn't say it was difficult or challenging at all. Um, and I mean, you kind of covered this about preparing for your birth, but were there other things outside of like switching your care providers and adding a doula, other things that you um, and your husband were doing to prepare? Yes. So community is very, very big to me just in my life and my marriage and just my faith walk. And so I wanted to make sure I had a mom community too. And what I did, I actually started to look at my network, look at my circle, look at my church community and see who could I begin to talk to about certain issues or just kind of making a list and making a group of people um, that I could lean on and rely on for encouragement, support, and tips. And even actually joining Facebook groups that are designated for moms and parents. So that was one very uh, strategic thing that I did. And then also me and my husband, we went to uh, one birth class and one breastfeeding class. Creating that community early. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, How else did you prepare for your birth and the things that you guys did to do that? was it things that you thought about in advance or was it just as they came along? I think it was mostly things that came along. Um, I do have an older sister who has two children. At the time, she only had one. So she, you know, provided some insight. Um, and then some other moms were just making light suggestions and, and giving advice. I'm one of those people who I don't really mind unsolicited advice. If, if I know that you have your, my best interest at heart and you're coming at me or with me with a, you know, a, a kind heart and good intention. So there were people who said, Hey, you know, 
don't forget about this, or maybe you should look at this and do this. And, and we actually made a list. I'm very, very structured and organized. So going into <laughs> this pregnancy and birth experience, everything was written out, you know, color coded. Sometimes we had meetings to talk about different things. Um, in my planner, I was like, okay, this month we're focusing on this because that's just how I operate. I, I operate best when there's structure and organization. And obviously, you know, I had to be a little flexible because things don't always go the way planned, but it was so critical for me to have um, the heads up on things. So researching and knowing what to expect and following Pinterest boards and seeing that, okay, this is what I should be doing a month before um, her delivery or this is what I should be doing when I'm in my first trimester. And this is what I should be expecting. I'm all for the color coded. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes everything better. It really does. It's I am all for color coding as long as I remember what the colors mean. <laughs> I know. Then there's that. A legend. <laughs> I mean, there's a key. Of course you give yourself a key, but it really helps. If, like, <laughs> And you guys, I meant to say episiotomy Um, when I was talking about cesareans and Mm -hmm. cutting. That's what that's the term. I wanted to make sure I used the right term, but their episiotomy rate was extremely high for first time moms. And my doula said that's a red flag. And so I'm not one to take many risks. I said, okay, thank you. (laughs) And I made the next move. But I love that she was able, um, your doula, to guide you with questions and not, you know, typical questions. Well, one, for many of us, like when we're going into our, when we're our first child, there's a lot of unknowns. There's many unknowns and, mm-hmm. and you're trying to navigate. Okay, I know I need to be taken care of by someone, but it's not. Um, hopefully we are, are reaching a point where we are talking about, we are, we we are talking about things more. So people are more aware about episiotomies and C-sections, right. but it's still not questions. Like you're, you, you're going into it hoping and trusting that your care provider would be able to discuss those things. So having someone who can guide you to bring those up, you know, cause they'll be like, Oh, do you have any questions? And sometimes you're like, no, right. <laughs> I mean, you said I was good. So did I have some questions? Yeah. <laughs> not knowing what to ask. Right. So just being able to have a guide of here are some things you should think about. Well, can you tell us about your birth? Sure. So I know you said it earlier. It was, you know, it was definitely a spiritual experience and um, extremely exhausting. I mean, I can take you through (laughs) from beginning to end. Take us through. Maybe okay. highlights. Okay. I, <laughs> Take us the whole journey. Give it to us all. <laughs> so I remember the day before. So she was supposed to be born on the 4th of July or the due date. The expected due date, due date was um, 4th of July. And I said, no, she's not coming on the 4th. She's coming on the 6th. I don't, you know, you just kind of know these things like, okay. I, I think she's coming on the safe. And there were some other people who were saying the same thing. And sure enough, she did the night before. Um, I was having extremely um, strong contractions. And 
what I love about having a doula is just being able to text her or call her right away and her being able to guide me. She said, get some rest. Just make sure you get some rest. Take your bath, go to sleep. And so I took her advice and I'm so glad I did because the next, I would say 11 hours um, was just a whole experience. Like I remember 12 o'clock AM hitting and my husband had went out to um, get his parents from the airport and going to my hands and knees, like it's time, like this is it. I felt everything, you know, that it had shifted. And she told me, she's like, you're going to know. Because she's like, these contractions that you're sending me, because, you know, she's like, time your contractions. She's like, mm-mm, this is not it yet. She's like, you're going to know. And I did. I felt a whole shift happen. And so one of the things in my birth plan, and she helped me walk through and create my birth plan, is I wanted to labor at home. And so I did that for about three hours. And when the contractions became, you know, three, I think it's three, one, one, it's been a while now. That's when we decided to go in and um, the hospital was only like, what, 10 minutes away. So it was perfect timing. My husband drove me in and I remember getting there and my midwife met me there and she said, oh my goodness, I don't want to scare you, but you're like eight centimeters already. I was like, what? oh my goodness. She's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're eight centimeters. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. I only have two centimeters to go. Like we're, we're good. Like, let's go. Little did I know. Okay. This little baby, Amani, (laughs) she has some other plans. She really did. It took a good, I want to say eight hours to actually get her into the ideal position. She was still too high. My water hadn't broken. Um, and so with the help of, of my husband, with the help of my doula, with the help of the midwife who was there by my side, the whole 11 hours, except, I'm sorry, of course it wasn't 11 because we had gotten to the, you know, the hospital a little later. But the whole time she was there, besides like 10 minutes, guiding me and encouraging me and helping me to move from different positions to help Amani get into the ideal position. So it was, it was very exhausting. Um, I didn't really get a chance to eat as much before I left. And, and that was one thing that people kept telling me, make sure you do. And of course, a doula as well, but the appetite just wasn't there. Um, And so I didn't have much of the energy. And I remember them saying that while I was going into these different positions and trying to just bear through each and every contraction. They were like, wow, she's okay. She, she needs to be hydrated. Like they were like working as a team. It was just amazing to hear it. But my, my eyes were closed the whole time. I was literally just leaning on God I remember just breathing, focusing on my breathing. If there wasn't anything else that I remembered from my birth class, she said, make sure you are breathing. Make sure, and we went through the different breathing exercises. I remember Joseph, you know, uh, my husband, we actually practiced ahead of time too. 
And so I'm breathing, constantly breathing and just finding myself going into the same rhythm as well. I was like, wow, this is getting kind of tiresome in my mind. You know, I'm thinking like, wow, okay, I need to switch this up. (laughs) And so again, we're still going in these different positions because my water, we're waiting for my water to break. And in my birth plan, they're trying to honor it that, okay, she said she wants it done naturally. So we get to the point where, okay, they're like, okay, I think, I think, you know, it may be time. I think you may be ready to, to start, to start pushing. Um, after that whole time went by and I'm like, oh my goodness, thank God. Like, I don't, I didn't know (laughs) how much longer. And every time I looked at the clock, I was like, oh my goodness, it's only that time. Like, (laughs) The clock was right in front of me. So um, I remember just feeling like, wow, I don't know when this is going to end, but I'm going to prepare for the part that people have told me has been the, the hardest or most challenging, which is the crowning. And so I remember getting in the position to push. And my midwife was like, okay, make sure that you're pushing from, she's like, no, that's not what I mean by push. Like she was correcting me. She's like, no, you need to push this way. What she's like, what's that going to do? Like, but she was so (laughs) loving about it too. And so I really appreciated like just her, her realness, but also her encouragement. And it was a little humorous as well. I said, okay, that's not going to work. And so, um, when once I pushed her out, I mean, it was literally 10 minutes of pushing. That's it. It was 10 minutes, but it was 11 hours almost of all of that preparation, trying to get her in the right position and trying to wa- um, break my water. And honestly, going back a little bit, the midwife had to, had to help and assist with breaking my water. Um, and so they had the birth plan out. I remember that they were talking about it. And I loved that. I really, really appreciated that they were um, making sure to just refer back to it. Um, And even I remember the midwife helping me to put up my scripture cards. So I had scripture cards and she set up the room for me and she put her little lights up. It was just those small touches that made me feel that I wasn't alone, um, that this wasn't just another birth for her, you know, even though it was in a hospital setting, I just felt like this was a customized, personalized experience. And I had amazing birth team that had my back and great support. Um, and they wanted the best for my whole family. Like that, that's really how I felt. And my husband being there really helped as well. Um, so the crowning came and I was like, oh, these are, these are thoughts in my mind, by the way. This is nothing that I said out loud. I was like, wow, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> okay. So, huh. They hyped this up for no reason. Okay. All right. That's fine. So we went through the crowning process and I'm like, okay, all right, that's done. And she obviously came and they're like, you did it. And, and my midwife was so ecstatic like just genuinely happy 
And I'll never forget her coming to my room after, you know, you go to the labor, uh, not labor and delivery, but the other wing where you're resting and recovering. And she came in and she's like, man, there was something different about your birth. Like, she's like, I don't know if it was the music or the scripture card. She's like, just the atmosphere was just right. And she's like, I'm just so proud of you. We know you were exhausted, but you pushed through. I said, no, thank you. Thank you for all that you did, all that you've done. And I'm just so appreciative. I already knew what it was. I believe in God and the Holy Spirit. And I believe that that is what transitioned or transformed that atmosphere. That's the only reason, really, when we get down to it, why I was able to hold on strong through that. Because like I said, I literally, I had no strength physical strength like I felt so weak um and and for those who know about the transition um stage of pregnancy once I transitioned I was throwing up so everything that was in my stomach was now not in there anymore and so I was literally just relying on God to to help me through this and I remember going to that bathroom in in my room you know and we had candles and we had music christian music playing and my husband we just prayed because at that point i was just like i said i was exhausted and i i really didn't have the energy i I was like oh my goodness wow like you try to prepare for this moment but you really can't and you know, she's taking me through all these positions and stuff, but it just seems like nothing is really working. And, you know, this is before, obviously, we, I get to the point where I could start pushing. And I'm just like, all we could do is pray right now. We could, that's all we could do. Because I, I don't have anything else that I can physically do. And I feel like that is the moment. Because when I tell you, we walked out that bathroom, and I was like, okay, I have that urge. Because she told me, she's like, when you need to push, let me know let me know. Don't fight it. And I told her, I was like, okay, I think, think, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. And sure enough, it was time. So that's, that's my experience in a, in a nutshell. (laughs) I love hearing your, your, your moment of surrender. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, it looks different for everyone. Those of us who are faith-based, I think we do, we lean into, into prayer, into our faith. And as soon as you let go, Yes. You surrender to it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you wanted me to do. Right. Um, so yeah, it looks it the, the moment of surrender, whatever surrender looks like, or mm-hmm. the process of getting there is different for everyone. But when you do let go, it's just body and baby are in sync. They're like, Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We can take it from here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but even just hearing, you know, uh, your birth team working together to really support you, um, and having a care provider, um, honoring and talking with you through your birth. And like, we know we mer- we birth plans, you know, shift. We, we, all, we mm-hmm. understand that because mm-hmm. things come up, things happen, but being able to talk through those shifts and make sure, um, uh, they make sense. To what you know what the person wants instead of it being like oh 
you know, like you look, you walk in and they go do your birth and you're like, yeah, then that's the last time you talk about it. <laughs> mm, right. And it's like, oh, well, I, I said I had a birth plan, but there's like all these like small ways of, of them shifting from it without it being a discussion. Yes. Um, so really, I've heard of that. yeah, really, I really loved hearing how your care provider supported. I think that's an important part of it too is having someone else in the room that remembers what you wanted right because <laughs> you're the one that's in the midst of labor literally and mm -hmm. it's like but like being able to vocalize that and share that in that moment you know what's going on or just feeling like okay well especially with your bag of waters I can I could definitely see that being one of those things you could have let go of easily because it's like mm -hmm. I'm in this I was so close just maybe if they broke my bag we might be in a different you know it might go a little faster but clearly she just had some position issues she needed to deal with and just yes. needed that time and having her, your bag of waters intact allowed her to have that time as well definitely so everybody didn't start freaking out that she was stuck right exactly exactly now, i remember when she told me that she was too high because when i came into the hospital um, I guess triage and she said oh you're at eight centimeters but she's like she's so high and it, it took me to the times where I would be walking in the neighborhood or at work and people would make comments like huh you're how far along are you like you're wow she's your baby's a girl boy and me not knowing me thinking like oh that's just a myth or whatever but really there was something to that like she really had not dropped enough um so it started to all make sense and i was so just thankful still that um we were going to be able to work through it work through it together no matter what um i will say that there was one point where i was like oh, did they look at my birth plan because my my labor and delivery nurse asked me if I wanted an epidural and I said, oh my goodness. I I know I also I know I wrote that down. I don't want anyone to ask me this. Like, but then I said, you know what, Marissa, it's okay. Maybe she didn't see it. Maybe she did not see it. And so that was one thing that I really went, I had to make a decision. My my doula said, when you go into your birth experience, like when you go into that hospital, you need to have made up your mind about if you want this or not. So what are you going to do? So I, because I was on the fence, I was on the fence, left and right, you know, weeks coming up. I was like, I think I can really do this. I think I can do this. And I'm like, Marissa, you are crazy. Okay. And I wasn't really telling anybody because I didn't want nobody to talk me out of it. But I said, okay, make a decision. And when I told my dude, I told Joseph, my husband, of course, the midwives knew I said, let's go, let's do this. So when she said that, it triggered something for me. I was like, oh, and I had to dismiss it immediately. Like, because I, I think we can all be there where someone plants a seed or someone says something that brings you back to what you had already made a decision on. And then it's like, oh, shoot, now here I am again, trying to go, you know, make, make up my mind whether or not this is really what I want. And so I found myself quickly in that moment where it's like, nope, we doing, we're doing this. I said, nope, 
I'm sorry, we're not doing epidural. I had, I had to take action really quickly. <laughs> and so I think that's really important for, for those who are, who are on the fence and those who have made their mind as well, who are going into their birth, birth um, very soon. So that's for all our future mamas out there, or yeah. all those caring right now. You can yeah. say yes and turn it back into a no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they can have the anesthesiologist in the room, prepped, ready to go, and you can still say, never mind. Yes, you have the power to decide and make that choice. Can you talk to us about your postpartum experience? Postpartum. What always comes to mind is when we interviewed our now pediatrician, um, when we went to the meet and greet, he said, now the two weeks that are about to happen are gonna suck. Like he was just very cut and dry and direct. And, and we really appreciated that honesty. We really did because it sucked. It did. <laughs> like he was, he was right and he was real. And he said, but you know what? I'm gonna get through it. So there was the hope on the end, but he still went into it telling us the truth and being a first time mom and being first time parent, we don't know what to expect. We've only seen things, you know, on TV, on, you know, some of our family and friends and also what people say, but when you're doing it, you're going through it yourself, it's a totally different experience. And because I was breastfeeding and I had lots of challenges, lots of challenges um, with latching and just um, almost having mastitis and it was just a slew of issues. I think that postpartum was very, um, very challenging in those, in those, I guess they call it the fourth trimester. I did have a pretty good maternity leave um, duration to bond with Amani and, and try to get breastfeeding going. And thank God we were able to, to, to get that um, squared away and I was able to breastfeed her for, for 10 and a half months. Um, but it was tough, it was tough. And what I think kept us going, because literally, we felt like days were going into night. Days were going into night. We didn't know what time it was, what day it was. We didn't really know our first last name. We just knew we were here with a newborn. Okay, that's all we knew. That's all we really knew. And <laughs> we, I remember staying up in our room, in our mass bedroom, because we had our, our bassinet nearby. And so we we're all just in the room, just making it happen. And this is when community comes in to play. This is where community is so key because our church family, our friends and our family, our parents really were coming and checking in and just providing food, dropping off meals. There were people who were stepping up and doing things, whether we asked for it or, or didn't ask for it. And that's what was so key in that postpartum, those, those initial three months afterward survival mode those first two weeks <laughs> yes survival mode um creating new routines and new rhythms and learning about a whole new human 
Mm-hmm. And yourselves, learning about yourselves. Because, I mean, you know your partner, you know yourself before children. But after a child comes, things shift. They do. <laughs> so trying to relearn and reconnect uh, with each other in the midst of keeping a whole human alive. So uh, it, can be, it can be a lot. And it certainly can. <laughs> and that's okay. I think that we have this idea that it's supposed to be like, I love my baby so much and everything's so blissful. Because <laughs> right. again, that's what we see on in media, portrayed in media, you don't see the hard life, the challenges, the, the growth spots and the pain points and all these things. And, and that's actually how I felt about breastfeeding. I said, I knew every benefit of breastfeeding, but I did not know all the challenges that came or could come with breastfeeding. I know everyone's experience is different, but even going to the breastfeeding class and trying to prepare for this whole birth and baby, I mean, I did not take enough time to really prepare fully for breastfeeding. And I didn't feel equipped to overcome because I, I tell you when three days into breastfeeding, I was like, oh, that goal of six months, I don't know about that. I don't know. That may not happen because the way things are looking, like, I, I, it was just so tough. It was really, really tough. And um, thank God, again, for an excellent birth team, I, I made sure to involve the lactation consultant at the pediatrician office. So, and our birth instructor, because she was certified too. I said, I'm bringing everyone in. You know, if you are trained in this area, if you are breastfeeding mom or previous breastfeeding mom, like, so I was calling on my village and calling on my birth team, even my doula, because she too was a mom of four and knew exactly what I was experiencing. Cause that when I would talk to her about things, she's like, Oh, okay. Try this, get this, do this. Um, I just remember being so much pain and she's like, no, okay, we gotta, let's try this. Let's do And just someone there to kind of, again, guide, guide me through and brainstorm with me. That's beautiful because community is such a huge part of breastfeeding. Um, just having someone to tell you something's normal, <laughs> to tell you something's mm-hmm. not normal, uh, letting you know that it, you know, because women do get confused with feeling like that breastfeeding is supposed to hurt, right? Right. And then once you think it's supposed to hurt, you let it keep going, and that can lead to so many other issues. Um, I'm glad you leaned in for sure to yes. all that you had at your disposal, and that's important for women that are listening. Um, as they prepare for that journey, like there are some parts of it you might not be ready for, you know, mm-hmm. um, but knowing who you can contact and who you can mm-hmm. lean into for that support mm-hmm. is probably even more important than feeling like you know everything. Exactly. Even for a seasoned person. Because <laughs> <laughs> each baby is different. That's <laughs> like, what I hear do. Like that. <laughs> Yo, these children <laughs> out here, reckless. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Like, this is, I did this already, and yet here I am. Um, but, you know, I think about, like, you know, the whole, your body, your body knows 
what to do, like that saying. And sometimes I think we do um, misuse, misguide people when we say that without taking into consideration the amount of support your body needs to do what it needs to do. Like our body knows to, to digest food and to breathe right. and to do all those things, but we still need to make sure we're putting the right food in our body and that we're hydrating enough. And so I, I think when we say that to people about birth or nursing their children, we don't think about, okay, well, I still need to prep for what birth might look like or that I might need support to make sure that I'm fed in my postpartum or having someone, you know, rally around me who has nursed before, because along with, you know, nursing in those early days and weeks, you're trying to heal, you're trying to sleep, you're trying to eat. So there's just so many layers. And it's like, yes, your body knows how to do this. But and. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. and not being afraid to, to lean in. I like Daniel said, it's leaning in, leaning on. And to me, from my experience, people were more than happy. They were more than happy to provide wisdom and guidance about this area. I think it's easier to talk about children and, and all those things. When you get to other things like relationships and marriage, it's not so much, but we found that people were more than happy to discuss and and be supportive and give tips um but what i found was that some of the people that i was leaning on or hoping to lean on they couldn't relate but so then that's when it's like we can't get discouraged because there is someone who can relate we just have to keep seeking and there's tons of resources and i'm just so thankful for, for you guys in, in your podcast, I'm thankful for, for La Leche, you know, um, international, you know, meetups and things like that. The hotline at my, at, at the hospital I gave birth, you know, gave birth at. Things like that. There's things in place. There's resources available um, that we can definitely plug into to, to get the help. Because with the breastfeeding, people were like, huh, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> they didn't really understand because they these were terms that I'm telling you, like maybe you guys know forceful letdown. People are like, okay, I don't even know what that is. I'm sorry. Like, let's <laughs> I didn't even know we let down. Like, what you <laughs> you know, like what? Oh, you know, and like I'm talking about cluster feeding. People are like, I didn't even go through that. I'm like, what what do you mean you didn't go through this? <laughs> but there were just things that um, that weren't as relatable and that's okay, but they were still willing to just provide that encouragement. Like you're doing a good job, like keep going. What do you need for me? Let like buying supplies and things like that. So like you said, community is really, really important. (laughs) Well, is there anything else that you want to share with listeners, resources, advice, anything else from your birth? Well, I know there was there was a lot of information shared um, throughout the talk. I just want to encourage those listening, those who may be planning to have children or those who already have children, especially now with with this pandemic going on. Um, and I understand things look different with birth, the birth experience in the hospital, and who's there to support you and who's not. 
Um, but I really want to encourage everyone to, to do their research and, and surround themselves with a diverse group of people um, and know that even if you are the strong Black woman, you know, you're the strong one in your circle, it's okay to lean on others. Um, that's the one thing that I have learned uh, primarily actually through this whole experience is that I can lean on other people. I don't have to be the only one to figure it out. There are people who can rally behind me and come stand beside me and, and undergird me. And I feel the same and know the same for you. Um, and so if, if it's anything that like, that was said that can be helpful, I would say um, resources and community and um knowing that you're not alone there's of course this this podcast and there's tons of other uh groups on facebook and leche international um that can provide assistance and support for free you know and sometimes it's right at our fingertips but we're just not aware thank you thank, thank you, you thank you for sharing your story and those resources those reminders for women thank you the birthing people yes 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 thanks Thank for you. listening to birth stories in color to hear this show and other episodes head to birthstoriesincolor.com 